listeners. Welcome to the next session. An advice podcast for game masters who are seeking help with their next game session. I'm Adam Johns. And I'm still Alyssa Johns. That's still happening. We're it's, still We're still we married. Are. Yep. Still, <laughs> still these people. How interesting would it be if we like got a divorce but continued to do this podcast? That would be interesting <laughs> and we felt probably, beholden to this. It'd probably be awful. Yeah. And would then people would like slowly listen to our relationship fall apart or oh whatever as we were doing this podcast. Would that be in the divorce proceedings? Would we be like, okay, but who gets rights to the podcast? Yeah, ownership of the podcast. Clearly our I, podcast. I want the podcast on weekends <laughs> and holidays. Clearly <laughs> our podcast is doing so well that we have to keep it up after we get divorced. It's very important. Gotta really keep up this podcast. This podcast for all 20 <laughs> of you out there. <laughs> All 20 of you, faithful, All loyal listeners. Faithful, loyal listeners. It's actually going down as we're talking about <laughs> I know, this is much worse. This, this is, is awful. All one listener who is probably your brother. I'm sorry. Hi, Ben. I'm sorry, Ben. <laughs> All right. love you. Uh, well, let's do it. Let's do an next session help, and uh, maybe our listener count will go up somehow. And maybe our marriage will be saved. <laughs> <laughs> the secret to a healthy marriage. Podcasting. Next session help. <laughs> Pod- podcasting. Okay. Next session help comes from Ooh Fatality. Ooh. Ooh. Well, that, ooh Fatality. That's how I'm choosing to. Maybe it's maybe it's interpret an oof it. Fatality. It, well, like, it oof. would be Oof Atality. <laughs> oof at a liddy. Oof at a liddy. It's O O F. So it could be like O uh, O Fatality. O O Fatality. You yeah. know. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe it's not so. So, oh. ooh, fatality. Ooh, fatality says, an interesting character idea was recently brought up. Player is thinking of something along the lines of Moon Knight. Ooh, okay. Are we about to spoil Moon Knight? Uh, if, yes. If you haven't watched Moon Knight, <laughs> this question may spoil Moon Knight. Sorry. Um, skip ahead some amount of minutes. Well, you know I'm what? I'm going to say five minutes. Skip we, ahead five minutes. <laughs> we haven't been putting ad breaks in. We'll put an ad break in just for people who haven't seen Moon Knight yet and then skip to the ad break. Yeah. And Yeah. So you're welcome, everyone. We're giving you an ad. <laughs> yeah. So skip Thanks. skip past the ad break if you're not going to, if you don't want spoilers. Well, you know, listen to the ad and give us cents on the dollar. That'd be nice. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Listen to the ad. Um, hey, it's us again. <laughs> anyway, an interesting character idea was recently brought up. Player is thinking of something along the lines of Moon Knight. Um, one body, different personalities, and souls fighting for control of the body. When they change and how often they change is open for me to decide. Could be hours apart, days apart, I don't know. Throw any ideas you have at me. I'm in need of some inspiration on this one. Thanks. Oh, man. This is such a tough question, and I have lots of reasons why it's tough. Let me start with... There are a lot of challenges with having players play more than one character. What? The real challenges don't get so much into game balance as, you know, you can have players play more than one character and and still keep the game balance. If you have three players at the table and one of those players is playing two characters, you effectively have four players at the table, four characters playing at the table, and you can balance accordingly. The big problem is that most of the time when people want to play more than one character they are going to ignore one of their characters until it's convenient not to do so. Right. Um, I, th- I I can't say this is universally true. I played in a game all through college where I had a player, shout out to, to my good friend Gareth, uh, who played a, a paladin character who had an apprentice and would absolutely jump back and forth and give even sort of even screen time 
to those characters and developed both developed both storylines uh, building on each other so that they could have these interesting intertwining storylines that also included the other players at the table. But uh, I will not say that that is universally true. I've also had more than one player try to play two characters at the same time and wind up either either taking up so much table space that nobody else can really right. do anything, right? They're playing two characters in order to like take all the screen time away from everyone else. Or they are taking up um or 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 they are just playing that one character and the other one's like a character who can solve the problems that the first character couldn't solve right like, so i've got a wizard character and then i've got like a big strong brute or whatever because my wizard's not strong it's literally the only thing my wizard can't do is strong things and so then my i mostly play the wizard character but then every once in a while i go big strong, strong brute character come over here and right. and lift this big rock that my right. wizard can't lift hey detective character you could solve this you have a better uh, yeah you have a high intelligence yeah, or whatever um and that's a bad way to play the game because it it really it makes it means that you're no longer relying on your teammates so the big question that i would always say whenever so we haven't even gotten to the the meat of the question but the big question whenever somebody wants, wants to play more than one character that I always ask is 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 this I ask myself more than I ask the player is this about this player trying to solve all the problems on their own instead of including their teammates instead of relying on their teammates or is this about wanting to have an interplay of lots of awesome role play moments lots of awesome backstory that can then be incorporated and shared with the whole par party as a whole um, because I also don't want them to just role play back and forth them talking to their own character or whatever. I want them to still be including the other players in that. Um, now that doesn't get into this Moon Knight thing, this idea of multiple personalities all built into one body or multiple people, souls, however you want to think about it. Fighting for control. Yeah. And I should, I should mention as I do have a mental health background that the, the, um, representation in Moon Knight is not necessarily a good representation of disassociative identity disorder in every respect. Yes, there's a big asterisk on yeah. that show. Um, but uh, I will say it makes for a great show. It's a, it's a fun show, and I think it's a worthwhile show to watch, and I think that Oscar Isaac does an amazing job delivering that performance. Oh my gosh, he's, such a, he's, he's proven himself to be a very good actor yeah. through this, and I have to say I've only ever seen him in Star Wars and this, um, and now I'm going to go back and look at all the other things he's been doing. So that being said, um, I've had more, some players try to do this. Um, I've had players do this for several different reasons. I've had players want that the different personalities each have their own character class. And then, therefore, they're just trying to solve the same problem. It's the same thing as playing multiple characters. I can solve all the problems on my own. I have a character who's a wizard and a character who's a fighter and a character who's a ranger. And they're all in the same character. And I have different character sheets for each of them and they can switch between the different personalities to solve whatever problem. I don't allow that. Um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't let that player do that. Uh, uh, or I would do so with a lot of heavy restrictions on it. Like I'm the, I'm the one who gets to choose who you are. And I would constantly put them in the circumstances where like, Oh, if only you were that other character. It's too bad. You're not the brute. Now right. solve this detective boy. Right. Um, and, and that might be kind of fun to do, but frankly puts a lot of your effort as a game master to have to sort of dictate this piece. Um, and that's where the other part of this is going to come in is 
Yeah, I get that there's a value in you being the game master. You get to decide which personality is the one that's coming out. But now you also have to decide which personality is the one that's coming out. So you're planning a whole storyline. You're planning all of these other pieces to engage everybody at the table. But apparently you've got to give this one player a whole lot of attention, constantly having them switch back and forth between different personalities and designing specific stuff to happen in the game that will cause those switches or be particularly, you know, interesting to engage those switches. So it's a lot of extra work on your part as a game master to have to juggle that. The the expectation when somebody says like, oh no, game master, you've got all the power, also puts a lot in your court that you then need to engage this player. Um, I'll give another example. I had a player that really wanted a an effect where their character would go wild. They would go get confused if they were ever blinded um and it was this this effect that they had built into their their character and they really wanted the, to have this happen but i didn't have anything in the game specifically set up and this was mid game you know mid mid uh, a season or whatever mid mid uh, campaign where they suddenly introduced this new thing and i was like well now i have to come up with a moment right where your character gets blinded to then be confused and attack the rest of the party and then have to role play out, you know, the party is now trying to figure out, oh, what happened or or maybe they already know or whatever. And you are very good about making space for things like this, yeah. but having it come up suddenly makes it harder to plan for. And I, I didn't say no in that case. I said, okay, yeah, let, you know, let's see if we can find a place to, to have that come up um, because maybe I, maybe I can, right? Maybe I can find a way to, to engage this player in the place where they want to engage with the game. But it's really a space where clearly this player is going to be the one highlighted, right? The one right. sort of in the mix, in the center of that of that engagement. And I, I really want to always try to make sure that I'm getting great engagement from all of my players. And I don't necessarily want to have like a mechanic that really only interacts with one player and takes up a significant amount of sort of the play time at the table. Well, why, why don't wh okay? What what my first thought is is when the change happens for the player, um, how come that can't be random? Why don't we make that a dice roll? Or every who, single time they attack, who determines when the dice roll happens? It, it's it's based on if you have to roll the dice for any reason. <laughs> Just every time. Every <laughs> single time you roll the dice, your um your dice another dice will roll, or the game master or somebody will roll another dice. And it will determine if a change happens. Sure. Yeah, I mean, that's not a bad way to do it. And it, it might mean that you don't change. So it could be like, okay, make a skill check for me. Also, don't forget to roll your change dice. And then you roll it and you get a one. Or, you you know, it could be like maybe it's a D6 and you have two or three characters. And it could be a one and a two is this character, right? Mm -hmm. um, three and four, five and six. And if you're already character who's in slot six and you roll a five, well, you don't change. You stay the same character. And then that's kind of what happens. Sure. Um, I think it can have a value, although now you've set up a mechanic where the player goes, oh, I need to be the other character. I'm going to try to climb this tree seven times um, so that I'm rolling a bunch of dice uh, in order to try to trigger this this kind of thing. I suppose so. So I, I'm, I'm just saying that if you if you create a set of mechanics, sometimes you become beholden to the set of mechanics. So it, it, it still becomes your job as the game master to police that and decide when that's appropriate and when it's not. Right. Um, I think the more interesting way to play this kind of thing 
is to make it more about the relationship between the two characters that are that are happening um and then to let that relationship build its own relationships outside of the party uh, so functionally once again this is spoilers for moon knight spoiler um mark and steven in moon knight who are the same person but two personalities that are within that same person um, have a relationship with each other. They talk with each other, and they have disagreements. And that's one of the most inter- interesting things about Moon Knight is, is they don't get along with each other. They are maybe even resentful, or they are they struggle, and they struggle for power and control over the body. Right. They don't like being in the whatever mere dimension. Right. Um, and, and I think that is the space that is actually way more interesting to play around with. Now you put it back on the player to challenge them to have these role plays and to have these these moments of interaction. Now the really interesting way to, to do that might be to assign somebody else to role play the other character. That's a really good idea because then it's not suddenly this one person trying to talk to themselves at the table and take up all this time. Right. Um, and And so then your player plays the does the roles and everything like that but there is another player at the table who's agreed to be the interaction as this other personality who sometimes comes out and now that other player is having to role play that interaction um and that could be a really fun way to do that you could also say the game master gets to be the other personality sometimes you do this when you have like uh, an intelligent item um, so you've got a sword that can talk or something like that or a pet that, that is intelligent enough to, to interact with the player and you let the game master play, take on that role, um, which could be a fun way to, to then have sort of game master to play or role play that happens back and forth. But I think it's way more interesting to have it be the dynamics. You know, now the character needs to convince the other character to let, let that swap happen. Um, and that can be about goals. Now you can have a conversation with your player where you say, well, what are the different goals of your character of these two characters that you now have? Because if they don't have different goals, if they have the same goals, then they're just aligned and there's nothing interesting going on. They need to have different goals and different desires or different aspects of them. What makes them hugely different from each other? And how is that? How are you going to express that, or how are you going to role play that as your character, um, as a player? How are you going to play those characters differently? And now it's a fun role play challenge. Now it's an opportunity to be like oh, what does it look like for you to be Mark versus for you to be Steven? And that could be a different accent, uh, which it is in Moon Knight. Mm-hmm. Um, that could be a... And mannerisms, too. It could be different mannerisms. Like one of the, you know, how do you hold your body? How do you role play this? How do you act in character from this one character? But I also love the idea that it could be like one of the characters, you know, was perfectly fine fighting and, and beating people up. And in a world of D&D, that's going to come up a lot. Whereas the other character, like, wants nothing to do with any of that. And now you've got an interesting dynamic that, you know, one of these characters can do combat and the other one won't do combat or refuses to do combat or is terrible at combat, whatever the case may be. And that gives you an interesting dynamic to be able to play with. And then you can give your one that likes, that doesn't like combat, opportunities to engage in other areas. Okay, so this, that's great. I like all this. <laughs> or I don't like it. Are you saying that's great? I said some good. I stuff. I said some good stuff. This is great. This wasn't Go a, Adam. This wasn't a cut that was made um, <laughs> in, our, in our podcast. Um, so I, I think it's a mixed bag. If I had the right player, I would. I might allow some of this. So let's get a little bit more specific because the question asker, uh, ooh, fatality, 
Ooh, fatality. Ooh, fatality. Um, asked, what are, how could they do this? So let's get into like a specifics. Right. When they change and how often they change is open for me to decide. Could be hours apart, days apart. I don't know. Okay. I, so again, spoilers for Moon Knight. Uh, in almost all of Moon Knight, if you haven't gotten to the very end of the last episode uh, and watched the end credits scene after the last episode, please do so. If not, skip ahead. I don't know, 20 seconds. Go back, go to the ad break. Uh, go do that right now. Um, but uh, it turns out there's a third personality. What? Um, and so there's there's two personalities inside of uh, Mark Spector, being inside of the Moon Knight, inside of this guy, Mark Spector and Steven. Uh, and then it turns out there's a, there's a third personality later on. I do like that idea. I like the idea that you can suddenly have your player blackout and like stuff happens not your player your character there you go the character blackout and stuff happens and they don't the character is unaware the player would know but the character is unaware that, that another personality is taken over so that that would be a cool way to do this i like the concept that they have the same body but they have different knowledge um and so the body can only do so much stuff so like your strength your dexterity, your constitution, those things can't change. Right, but your charisma can. But your charisma could, your intelligence, your wisdom, I think those things could change. So you could have two personalities where there are some things on the character sheet, especially your skills. Where are you skilled and where are you not skilled? Uh, I think those things could all change. Yeah, sud suddenly you hand your player a piece of paper that says you are now um, Jake the snake oil salesman. Yeah, and I also like that I think there are some aspects of magic that you could do as one character without being able to do them as the other. So, for instance, wizarding is all about book learning. That's that's your knowledge and your ability to do it. So you could have one character who can cast some spells while another character could not. So in that case, you could have some different character classes. But I'm not even sure that that's necessary. Um, I think you could you could play around with the same stats and just have entirely different personalities. Where does this fit into other, I mean, um, this sounds like it could be its own podcast just in itself, but where would this fit in with a lot of different spells that affect the mind? Oh yeah, could you it know? affect one, like could the sleep one, but not spell. The other? If you put, if you cast sleep on the character, do both of them fall asleep or, or does, does one of them fall yeah, asleep? Yeah, does the one who's in control fall asleep and suddenly the other one wakes up? In uh, Spider-Man No Way Home, there's this spoilers. great again spoilers. <laughs> Sorry. This is just the spoiler. There's this great moment where where um, Doctor Strange uh, astral projects Peter out of his body, but his body is still moving around, uh, holding this object that Doctor Strange is trying to grab. But his spider reflexes are tied to his body, and are not tied to his consciousness. Mm -hmm. And so his body's still like like moving this thing around so that he can't. He can't grab it. And he's like, oh, what's happening? And this he's like, how are you thing. doing that? <laughs> this is the weirdest thing I've ever done. <laughs> yeah. Which is great. Like, like I like that idea, too. Like, you put somebody casts the sleep spell, and it puts one of the personalities to sleep, and the other one is like, what did you just do? Where where, where did they go? Um, There's a big question of, like, are the personalities aware of each other? Um, Which is just an interesting – If if not, then this person keeps waking up 
each of these personalities keeps waking up in a strange new situation. Yeah, but I'm assuming the group would tell them what's up. Probably. They are in a group yeah. with other players. So I imagine that would get revealed very quickly, but then they still might not have control over over this experience. So I think the triggering for the change, I think you could have a random dice roll. It's not a bad idea. Um, I think the most interesting way to play it is actually to have... Um, is actually to have a the triggering for the change to be based on the circumstances where you put it on the player put the onus on the player to say um if you really want to do this then i want you to to find moments where a change is triggered and ideally they will be not ideal moments they will be uh moments where like oh this is a bad timing yes but as you said in the beginning this is something that you would do is yes. Pick not ideal moments, but there might be some players out there who are min-maxing and want them to be ideal moments. So I would add in the caveat that you as the game master also have the power to to do it. So you have veto power too. You have veto power as well. Um, and I think that would be all about uh, saying that the, it's, it's a collaborative storytelling experience. You're not going to take over and give the whole power to the game master to constantly make things interesting. You're going to say, look, player, you want to play this kind of character. Here you go. Um, I'm giving you the power to make it interesting on your own. But I will occasionally, because I, I know a little bit more about what's going to happen, or just because I want to mix things up for you and make things more challenging sometimes, I will sometimes change it, change it for you. And you don't, you don't get a say, and you can't just immediately change it back. Um, and I think that would be an interesting way to do it. And now it's not necessarily tied to a dice roll. It's just about what serves the story, what serves the the circumstance, what's is what is the most interesting thing to have happen in this in this scenario or this interaction. It could also be that a character only comes out when a certain event happens. Like you take enough damage, True. suddenly someone else comes out. Um, and that could be also your space for maybe this third personality, right? Is you you're you're down to very low hit points. The third personality comes out to sort of save you, mm -hmm. uh, maybe in a very violent way, Hulk Hulk style. Yeah. Um, but I also like the idea of uh, the personalities come out based on um, is the choice that you're making pursuing you in one path or another. And this is where the personalities having different goals is very important. Um, if you have one personality whose goal it is to like you know, acquire the powerful relic of, of, um, Ashtubaki. Yes. Um, uh, what's, what's the Akush, uh, uh, Akashbuta. Akashbuta. The powerful relic of Akashbuta. Ah, Babagayo. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, and another personality who like wants to go and, and get out of all of this violence and like live, live peacefully on a farm. And then you're like, okay, do you go down the, uh, the dark, scary woods, or do you head like to to the town? And now the player has to make a choice, and you say, "Well, one of your characters who hasn't, one of your personalities who hasn't been here for a while, it you know has the energy now to, to be like, no, we're going to the town. Uh, I know you, I know, I know your relic or whatever is that way, but also certain death is that way, and I don't want to die, and I want to go live out my days nicely on a farm. I'm going to go to this town and see if I can buy a farm there. <laughs> um, and like now, you've got this great." moments where you can have one personality sort of erupt uh, out of the circumstances of wanting to pursue their own goals. I can see that. Um, as long as it doesn't take away too much from the other characters and players. That is always the question here, and, and uh, I cannot emphasize that enough. Uh, 
this is so much of a stage of of this player is gonna constantly get the the spotlight put on them of okay now a th- an interesting thing's happening to your character and the other characters in the story are gonna lose out on that spotlight time and your job as a game master if you're gonna allow this kind of thing to happen in your game is to balance that um, is to make sure that that uh, those other players are are getting to be roped into that experience or getting to role play along with that it doesn't need to be that they need to also have their own special mechanic or something. It just needs to be that they're, you're sharing. You're sharing the role-playing space and you're sharing the, the space to be a part of this. So um, I don't need... This main story quest line can be all about somebody else's character so long as my character is also constantly talking to them and constantly involved. Like, it might... You know, we're going after the, the fabled treasure of Akash Buta and you're like, that's my mission, that's what I'm doing. And I'm like, I'm just around because you're my friend. Uh, and I want to help you get your fabled treasure of Akash Buta. That's okay. Um, not every story or every moment needs to like have a shining piece of of uh, shining the spotlight on every single character. But I should be on stage with you. I should right. be in the scene with you. I should be there talking to you about like like um, I don't I don't know. This doesn't seem worth that treasure. And you're like I've pursued this treasure my whole life. And like now we're having conflict or we're having. Right. We're having an exchange around it, and that's important. Now, it's funny you say all that because that leads itself into our next question. Oh, good. But you don't know that, and I do. So let's the take the power it. of the game master. Uh, ooh, I, I'm the game master you're, of you're our the podcast. Podcast game master. <gasps> I am. I do all the. I do everything. Yeah, it's true. You just show up. I'm and, just a player. <laughs> and then I read the question to you, and then you interact, and then I I, I keep time. <laughs> And, and you then keep I us edit, on track. Then I edit everything. <laughs> well, my brain just exploded, you guys. Yeah. So with that, I guess we'll go on to an ad break. <laughs> no, I, I say what oh, we do. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Sit down, minion. <laughs> Sit down. Nothing happens until you say it happens. Right? <laughs> hey, everybody, let's take a break. <laughs> <laughs> And we're back. There we go. How was your break? It was great. What'd you do? I uh, sat in a corner and drank coffee. Oh. It was a nice corner, though. Oh. Yeah. I think it might have been like a like a real 90 degrees. Yeah. <laughs> you know, actually, you're in a padded corner. Could have been 89 degrees. You're in a padded corner with a, with a curve. It's true. There's actually no corner. It was corner. very padded, though. Yep. Yep, 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 yep. <laughs> Hey, we're back, and um, this is our Ask a GM question from Mr. Picky. Mr. Picky. You can pick your nose. You can, <laughs> you can pick your friends, but you can't, can't pick, pick your friend's nose. Your nose friends. Is that what you're doing, Mr. Picky? <laughs> or are you just picky? Maybe he's a picky eater. Maybe. Is he there just a- has very uh, specific preferences on everything. Is there a Mrs. Picky? <laughs> <laughs> or maybe another Mr. Picky. I don't know. <laughs> I always think that it that the question of like, is there a Mrs. whatever your last name is, as like a like an introduction, like, a, like I'm gonna hit on you. Yeah, like a pickup line. Yeah, it's like a pickup line, which is just such a funny way to 
to have a have a pickup line in my mind. Well, in most cases, you can look and look for a ring, I suppose. That's true. But that's like the purpose of the ring. Is that the is that the purpose of the ring? Yeah. I thought it was something about like binding and forever loop or no, it's something. to get creepy guys to stop hitting at me on a bar. Oh, is that is that it? Yeah. Oh. So I can do the Beyonce. I can't sing it. Do when you? I can't sing it for realsies. We'll get sued. Although if we did get sued, it meant that Beyonce listened to our podcast. <gasps> no, Beyonce's attorneys listen to our podcast. You know what? That's <laughs> close enough. That's close enough. Close I'll take enough. it. <gasps> Beyonce's, Beyonce's attorneys. attorneys. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it. Okay. <laughs> Mr. Piggy, thank you for that dream. <laughs> you you made that happen. You made that happen, Mr. Piggy. Mr. Piggy says, how do I handle the fact that one of my characters is my favorite? Oh, man. I will disclaim that I think my players are all having a good time at the moment. At the same time, I don't trust them to tell me if they're not having mm. a good time. I have a player who wrote a backstory that gave me a lot to tie into my world, which I did. And it's been a lot of fun running the game and giving him hints to his origins. On top of that, they're at the level in the seafaring campaign that they don't really need someone else to be captain. And he ended up being <laughs> the most qualified. He is at this point close to being the main character, and I worry that I'll be forced to give him more attention, especially with a party with backstories that are all difficult to tie into. Mm. So, how do you handle Boy, that? This is... Okay, so before I get into answering this, have I done this to yes. you? Yes. <laughs> because, because I've definitely noticed in the past that we have had moments where I feel like this storyline is very centered around my character and our friend Zach who's also been on the podcast um, has done the same thing where I'll like come up with a character and then we're pursuing down the storyline and I'm like this seems very focused on my character's backstory and I don't mind um, I also engage more into the role play and the and the scenarios i want to role play out those scenes and do those moments and not everybody has that same level of engagement good to know (laughs) (laughs) i don't have anything to say to that i just i just was like oh this sounds like i might be on the receiving end sometimes with this and as a player Mm -hmm. when i'm a player in the game um boy this is a hard question not everybody wants to be the center of attention. And that is what I was going to say because I definitely don't want to be the center of attention. I don't yeah. want the onus put on me to role play all the time. I like watching the interactions and getting to jump in with a quip here and there. But I don't necessarily want to be the one in the spotlight all the time. I am a technical theater nerd. I am behind the stage for a reason. I'm not on the stage for a reason. And I don't necessarily uh, like being in the center. However, yeah. I don't want to be forgotten. Yeah, I mean, I think I think the the difference here is is that there is a level of engagement that's still an interesting way to engage in the in the storyline. That's still an interesting way to engage in what's happening without having to be the center of attention. And there are some players who really like the being the center of attention as well as really thrive well in that role and I would encourage most game masters to think of their players as where where do they thrive and what do they enjoy um, more than s- specifically like just their backstory or just their you know their um, 
integration or their willingness to role play. It, it is great to have a player who like knows all the rules and then to have another player who wants to constantly speak in character voices. Um, it gives you clear moments of distinction to allow players to shine at the table, not just through the role play of their character. In the same way, it is awesome to have players who are willing to uh, come in and sort of watch the story unfold uh, and don't feel like they constantly have to interject, don't feel like they constantly have to be at the very, very center of, of everything that's happening. But like you said, uh, Mr. Picky, you're right. You want to make sure that your players are having a good time, and some players won't tell you. And I think that's where check-in questions come in to play. And it doesn't necessarily have to be a check-in question in front of everybody. It could be, hey, I have a question. Please give me your answers at a later time or pull, pull players aside and, like, really ask them. Now, I will say, even the most mundane and most sort of ridiculous, ridiculously boring character backstory can be flushed out into being something much more interesting as you start to dive into it. Um, and I would encourage that potentially all these other player characters where their storylines are not nearly as interesting or harder to tie in would do a lot better if you would invite the players to elaborate and tie in the storylines on their own. Oh, that's a good idea. So it, I, if, if it was me in this circumstance, I might call this out very explicitly to the whole table. And I would say, you know what I've been noticing? I'm noticing that we are focusing on Bradley. uh, Bradley's. We're focusing on Bradley's character a lot, Um, and and this this main storyline. And I think Bradley's character's backstory is really interesting for us to sort of pursue on a on a whole storyline. And I think I I like our storyline as it is. However, I am noticing that we're focusing a lot on that character, and I want to make sure that everybody else's backstories are pulling are 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 tying in or being touched on. So I want to toss this to the rest of the group. One, are you bothered that we're putting a lot of focus on Bradley's character's backstory? Is that bothering you? If it is, then let's shift gears. Let's let's change routes. Um, and two, I want everybody to come up with how your character backstory is a part of this. And that could be, why does your character care about Bradley's character's backstory? Right. Um, and it could be that like Bradley's character is your friend and and you want to support them and that maybe that's all it is um, or it could be Bradley's character's backstory to dethrone the king that murdered his brother or whatever um, also coincides with your backstory of um, you are tr- trying to get a different family member to be throned uh, to be to become the the, the queen yeah of the realm um, and so dethroning the king, you know, pursues your own your own needs uh, as well. In addition to helping Bradley's character, and I think it's important for everybody to have those kinds of reasonings. Like, why are you adventuring together? Yeah. Why are you Why are you still going to continue on the path with everybody? And it could be, I need the protection of everybody. Right. Um. And and but, um. Ultimately, why do you need the protection of everybody? You could go live in a town. You know, and not be an adventurer. Like, why? Why bother continuing to be an adventurer um, with these people? Mm-hmm. And that's got to be what is what is the goal? 
what is your character trying to get? What are they trying to trying to accomplish? And it could just be these people I care a lot about. I want to make sure they're protected. I want to make sure that they, you know, they are they are my found family, um, and I want to stay with them and help them pursue after their goals. That's great. That's a great reason. But now I've got I've got knives as a game master. Now I've got moments where I can say, your teammate is in trouble. What are you gonna do? Mm-hmm. Um, or it could be that that our goals align and it happens to be the case that I also want to get something out of the same thing that, that the other characters want to get out of. Um, and that can be great too. And I can say, great. Now you, at some point you may have to make a choice and, mm-hmm. and as your goals start to diverge, are you going to travel with the rest of the party or are you going to go after your own personal goals? And all of those then allow you to have a main storyline that is after Bradley's character or whatever. You're all pursuing that, that same thing, but now you know, what the other characters' motivations are and the other characters' reasons for being there, now you can add in little moments to challenge them. And I would say you have to do this for Bradley also. I mean... Absolutely. So, yes, it makes sense for if you're already following down Bradley's storyline to keep going. Um, And it is nice to ask the other players to see how they can tie their own backstory into Bradley's backstory or whatever. But that puts a lot of you know, w- more weight onto Bradley. Yeah. So Bradley needs to find a reason why they are adventuring with these other players and how can they be supportive of, a, of them? Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, being able to ask that question of, of Bradley, you know, why is your character care about these other players? Is it just that they're helping you along your path or is there a, a you know, a deeper caring that has, that has maybe blossomed or that has, that has always been the case between your character and these other characters. And, when they can no longer help you on your path, what will you choose? What will you do? Yeah, um, just like in our flag means death, there can be two captains. Yes, and I'll go. I'll go a step further and say, you know, in uh, Lord of the Rings, um, Frodo is the main character in the cave fighting scene. In the no. cave fighting scene. What, <laughs> let me one, let me once again reference the cave fighting scene. Of Fro- well, there's a cave troll, and they're no, in okay, the stop, last morning. Stop. Stop. No. Um, there's Frodo is the main character. Like the story follows Frodo almost almost entirely, and it keeps cutting back to other characters because of the way in which their story supports Frodo's journey. Um, maybe you could argue Sam is the main character, but it clearly is is one of the two of them. Or the Ring maybe is the main character of the of the whole story. Um, but those supporting characters still have all of their own challenges. They still have their all their own stuff. They're just all on a quest together that is of a high enough importance that they have all become a part of it. And and so if you think about your main character, maybe this is the character that you like. Maybe this is just the player that you like playing with. And that might ultimately be the real thing that's going on here is I've definitely played with players where I toss something out and that player picks it up right away and is ready to role play with it, is ready to engage with it. You know, I here's a fun puzzle. The player's like, oh, I'm excited about a puzzle. Here's a combat. Oh, I'm excited about a combat. Like sometimes, sometimes it's just that I have a player who is like excited to be there and excited to play no matter what I give and them. And actually engaging with you, and you're like, yes, yeah. let and me so feed off this energy. It may not be even that this player came up with a brilliant backstory. It may just be that they were so excited about stuff that you were like, all right, yeah, let's I'm so excited that you're excited. Let's let's do this together. And you've turned it into a brilliant backstory because you spent so much time digging into it. And that may be the real thing that's happening here, which is you just are excited to have a player who's excited <laughs> or who's engaged. Um, 
And the unfortunate part about that is that your player who is, you know, looking at their phone or or is, you know, sort of zoning out, um, who's not as engaged at the table, also is going to drift further and further away. Um, because you're also not creating more opportunity for them to be engaged at the table. And that is your challenge as a game master. Your yeah. challenge always is is to say, I might really enjoy this excited player, and I might really enjoy that I can you know, toss out a joke and they'll pick it up and, and roll with it, or I can, I can toss out whatever, whatever I want and they'll pick it up and roll with it. But my job is to make sure that everybody is engaged. Yeah. Um, and there's lots of ways to do that. And in this case, I would say, it's a perfect opportunity to just make it a table discussion. Yeah. I, again, check in with your players because me personally as a player, I like to draw when I'm playing, when right. I'm, when I'm not and engaging. I, I don't consider it a disengagement. I consider it a, a you know, a wonderful opportunity. It, and we talked uh, so long ago when you first start, when we first started playing together about how much I value your drawing stuff that's happening in the campaign. And it's easier to reference because then we can go back and go, oh, remember this was that thing, and then I can I, I tend to remember better right. what happened because I'm drawing and listening and 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 my it the, I don't think this ever came up because you were always drawing stuff that was related to the campaign. But if it if it wasn't the case, then I would have asked you if you were drawing unrelated stuff. I would have said, I appreciate that you're drawing. Would you be willing to draw stuff in the campaign? Right. Because I think it would be awesome for everybody. I think it would be a, a great way to, for me to be reassured that you're engaged, but also what a great way to add to, to everything that we're building together. You know, there was one time I didn't draw something that was related, and it was related to the discussion we were having on the side, <laughs> which was D Decisive Waffle Man. Oh, yeah, I do remember Decisive Waffle or, Man. Was it Derifit? Derisive? No, no, it was Decisive. Because he was waffling, but he was Decisive. <laughs> but he was Decisive, yes, very funny. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Does that mostly answer that question? I hope so. <laughs> Mr. Piggy. Mr. Piggy might not pick our answer as a good one. That's fair. Because he's picky. Maybe he's pickly. Oh. No, it doesn't have an L in it. <laughs> Maybe he's pickly, but also bad at spelling. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Picky and bad at spelling vinegar. You know what? <laughs> By the way, it turns out the um, main character of Lord of the Rings, Treebeard. Treebeard. Think about Never, it. Yeah. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. <laughs> All right. That's why the story is so long. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on to take a sip of coffee, swallow it. Oh, there we go. Use that spell. Ba -da -ba -ba -ba. Use that spell. <laughs> I didn't want you to be mid-sip. I almost, I almost, I realized that the, the use that spell theme is getting really close it's it's like evolving very close to the mcdonald's theme. <gasps> oh no we're gonna get sued by mcdonald's lawyers <laughs> not beyonce's lawyers yeah crap yeah that's not nearly as entertaining no. <laughs> okay you gotta it's stop not it. quite it's not quite the same but I it, just it gotta, is now I just now be careful i can't not hear it oh, now. yeah damn it damn it adam 66 it's... episodes <laughs> we gotta change use that spell no i'm gonna keep it i think i think we were here first <laughs> We, we most definitely were not. Most definitely. No, we weren't even on this planet. McDonald's was formed. We'll hire our we own lawyers. <laughs> fight McDonald's off. We're going to fight McDonald's? Yeah. Well, I fought the law and McDonald's won. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is. Boy, there's a lot of truth in that. Yep. Well, in Use That Spell, new song coming soon. Um, we are going to talk about Catapult. 
an elemental evil spell, which is a transmutation, a sorcerer wizard spell. Sorcerer. 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 (laughs) It is level one. Casting time one action range of 150 feet. Components S. I forgot what S means. Somatic. Thank you. Has no no verbal or material components. I know. It's really not a running joke, you guys. I absolutely (laughs) keep forgetting what S stands for, and I don't want to say it because I'm going to get it wrong, and then it's going to be more of a thing. Yeah, you're going to say symbolic. No, I think I keep saying what 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 was I saying before? Seismatic. Seismatic. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> I just don't remember. Some earthquake materials. Yeah, well, we did talk about earthquake once. Yeah. Components somatic. Duration instantaneous. Choose one object weighing one to five pounds within range that isn't being worn or carried. The object flies in a straight line up to ninety feet in a direction you choose before falling to the ground, stopping early if it impacts against a solid surface. If the object would strike a creature, that creature must make a dexterity saving throw. On a failed save, the object strikes the target and stops moving. In either case, both the object and the creature or solid surface take 3d8 bludgeoning damage. At higher levels, when you cast this spell using a spell slot of second level or higher, the maximum weight of objects that you can target with the spell increases by 5 pounds, and the damage increases by 1d8 for each slot level above first. This is from the Elemental Evil's Player's Companion on page 15, which seems like really soon in the book. Uh, yeah, I guess that's true. <laughs> that's probably yeah. page 15. Page 15. Not very Dang. far into the book, yeah. Um, I love this spell. Catapult! Um, I have had so many players try to break this spell. In so many different ways. What I find interesting is that the spell is catapult, but it's not that you're actually summoning a catapult. No, you are sort or of a trebuchet. You're sort of catapulting an object. You're using yourself as a catapult and choosing an object to just go. I mean, not even really, because you don't have to be um, holding the object. So the interesting thing with this spell is the actual range of the attack from point of origin of the object to hitting something is 90 feet, but the range of the spell is 150 feet. Right. So if you chose an object 150 feet away, it can then go 90 feet. Yes. Which is kind of cool. Um, so really, like, this is a wildly long-range spell if you happen to... to go that distance. Although, uh, I might argue that the target has to be within the 150 feet. I probably wouldn't make that argument. I'd probably allow it. Um, but either way, so you, you there's a rock. It weighs one pound. You select it. It can be anywhere within 150 feet. You select the rock, and then it flies up to 90 feet, smacks somebody in the head, does you hope. 3d8 blood, you hope, um, does 3d8 bludgeoning damage to the person it smacks and the rock that you threw. So you could pick something 150 feet away from you and then have it target the op- the same, like, back towards yourself. Yeah. To fly 90 feet this way. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so you have to have something within 40 feet of you and be like, ah, something's 40 feet away. Get it. Rock 150 feet over there. Yeah. Man, you have good eyesight. Yeah, right? Dang. Apparently you're good at picking this stuff out. Or hey, also, remember that rock I passed 150 feet ago? I think that the one. I think the object weighing one to five pounds is very interesting. Like you How can't you pick know? a feather. 
I mean, I just would assume that the spell wouldn't work if it if it was, you know, it's like it's like a video game view. Like, I I, I go to start casting the spell, and then all the objects that <laughs> that weigh one to five pounds they, light up they, in in they green. They have an outline. They have an outline around them. Yeah, <laughs> these ones are selectable. If only. Yeah. At least you. And then you try to select them. a different one, and it goes. Eh, eh. Eh. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, but I, but I like I like that like you can't just pick a feather and smack somebody for three d eight bludgeoning damage with this with this feather traveling super high velocity. Well, I suppose if a feather was traveling that fast, the end of it could be very pokey. But you could have a one pound bag of feathers, Whoa. which would just be a pillow, I guess. Whoa! <laughs> this is an smack, ultimate smack Adam, this ultimate pillow fight. The ultimate pillow fight. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. Um, I cast catapult. Yeah. What? This is just a friendly game. Oh, I win. How, how heavy is the pillow? <laughs> I win. Three <laughs> d eight bludgeoning damage. <laughs> Man, that pillow can really, really smack somebody. So interestingly, um, a trebuchet—all trebuchets are catapults, but not all catapults are trebuchets. Oh man, the trebuchet sub subreddit would be very upset at you. What? They hate catapults. Well, I know, but I'm sorry. All trebuchets are catapults. <laughs> yeah. They just have to deal with that. I once knew somebody who built a trebuchet in their backyard, and then they threw flaming watermelons. Uh, they had a huge yard. Was it one to five pounds? Uh, I think it was much heavier than that, actually. <laughs> it was a very large trebuchet. No, no, the the watermelon. Yes. I think it was heavier than one to five pounds. Holy crap, that's a big It was watermelon. a big trebuchet. <laughs> Yeah, literally the Wikipedia for trebuchet is trebuchet, French, is a type of catapult yeah, that right. uses a long arm to throw a projectile. So either way, I like this spell. Um, so I've had people try to break it. People constantly forget the one to five pounds thing. Um, so they want to like fling their friends? Yes, they want to fling somebody else into somebody else, which is like, no, not unless that first person is one to five pounds in weight. It's a pixie. Um, I also, people somehow really ignore the not worn or carried thing and want to fling stuff that's on somebody or something, you know, someone's holding a sword and they want to fling the sword 90 feet in some other direction. And I say, no, it very, very specifically says it can't be an item that is worn or carried. Now, I would allow that if it is an item that is being worn or carried by you, you could, you could catapult it you're you're willing you're willingly letting letting so it go. if you knock a sword out of someone's hand and then you could cast catapult yes if a sword was on the ground it's you not could cast that catapult. it's a thing that can be worn or carried no um this is also something that comes up uh sometimes in other spells not necessarily specific to catapult but people constantly try to like catapult an organ out of somebody's body Ew. or something like that and i go no your organs, the things inside of your body, are considered worn or carried. You cannot, like, just target stuff that is, like, on somebody's body or in somebody's body uh, in order to, like, use it for your spell. Those are considered worn or carried. That sometimes happens. So, interestingly... Um, you also are occupying the space that is the space inside of, you know, right. all, all the space inside of your body is also being occupied by you. Right, <laughs> and you're you're much heavier this, than one. This comes up now. when people want to cast, create, or destroy water, and they say, I want to create water in your lungs. And so, I say, no, that's being occupied. If the object were to hit a player, they do a dex saving throw. On a failure, they take damage. But it never says to take half damage on a miss. Correct. Which is interesting. Um, 
Because it's a saving throw. Yeah, I mean, not not all of them get half damage. Um, this was actually an interesting change with 5th edition, because a lot of, like, 3.5 and stuff like that would do half damage on miss as a pretty standard thing. Now, 5th edition has quite a few spells that don't do half damage on a miss. And they have... It's it's effectively like um, the spell does a little bit more damage than it might have otherwise. I mean, 3d8's quite a lot of damage for, for a level 1 spell. Right. But if you miss, you get nothing. Yes, I suppose so. You figure Thunder Wave does 2d8 damage, although can hit multiple targets. But I think the real power of this spell is the ability to literally huck any object in a direction at high velocity. Would it continue after it misses you? Until um, it hits something, yeah, I would assume so. But only up to 90 feet? Correct. Okay, all right, sorry. I, I would picture it like it is being flung from a catapult. That's what I'm trying so, to picture. I'm trying to picture that. It isn't It isn't continuing to have velocity. Velocity. Philosophy. philosophy. <laughs> um, c- continuing to have, like, um, acceleration behind it. As it is traveling towards you, I would say it accelerates at the moment that it is flung, and then 90 feet is just the general d- amount of distance that it can travel. So, uh, Okay, so here's my question. Does it have the chance to hit a second creature behind it? In the same way that... so if They're in a line, by, by the rules, miss the first person. By the rules of d d It doesn't hit them, so it doesn't stop. Would it hit the next person? By the rules of D&D, no. Um, it would work the same as an arrow shot. If I shoot an arrow at you and it misses, um, it doesn't. I don't then continue to roll dice on every single target p- potentially behind you. In a line. In a line. Right. Um, so the rules of D and D just just assume that if it missed you, it misses everything. It misses everything. It's um, a however, big fat miss. Um, by the rules of physics, yes, it would definitely like just because you dodged out of the way doesn't mean the person behind you did. Um, and that might be my teammate. That might be any anything else. And the same thing also goes for the fact that, like, I can catapult, and even though my teammate is standing in the way, I can still hit the target right behind my teammate. Well, I think what's different is that you're not picking a target. You're picking a direction. Yes. So that's that's where it comes. It's a little hazy in my mind. I mean, you are you are picking a target. You're picking the specific target that. It oh, just, I see what you're saying it, because because it says. It says, the object flies in a straight line 90 feet in a direction you choose, stopping if it impacts a surface, right. if it would strike a creature. Oh, that's very interesting. Right. I've never noticed that. Right. So if, for instance... It's like anything I, in the path of the projectile could be hit. Yes. Like, so it could hit a ba- tree. Based on the wording of this, I think you're right. Yeah. Um, I think the rules as written on this, as it as it's stated, is... It will travel until it hits a creature or a surface, and that creature or surface is when it stops traveling. Right. So they have a chance to dive out of the way, So, but if they dive out of the way, it's still going. Yeah. On a failed save, the object strikes the target and stops moving. It doesn't, it doesn't seek say, a, tar- a target. It doesn't say on a succeeded save, but it doesn't say this, but it, but it, it would make sense. It says that it continues to move 90 feet. Until it strikes a surface or a creature. And in either case, that's when it stops. Which means that you're absolutely right. If, if I have my teammate, first of all, if the object is hitting an enemy and my teammate is in the way, it will hit my teammate first. Yeah. 
So my teammate must roll a saving throw yeah. <laughs> before. That's how I And if my teammate it. dodges successfully, the next creature in the line must roll a saving throw until a creature fails to dodge out of the way, or it hits a solid object, or it travels 90 feet. Yeah. Yeah. I, I never noticed that. That is absolutely how this is worded. Huh. Well, there That's you go. very fun. I'm definitely going to hold somebody to that the next time they use Catapult. And then you're going to go listen to the podcast yeah. and you'll know why. Oh, oh uh, do I have news for you about the way <laughs> Catapult is worded? <laughs> um, obviously, people, um, if you disagree with us, please drop us a line and argue. That would be great. Yeah, I would love that. <laughs> Any feedback at all is wonderful. You know, bring on the haters. I mean, I don't want, I don't want hate, but uh, I will argue with you. <laughs> happily with a big smile a big, on my face you know what adam does argue with a smile on his face it's and it's true. infuriating i absolutely love it i could have been an attorney in, a, in another life no everyone would smack you i, I think that's uh, look except for other attorneys we'd just be smiling at each other as we argue <laughs> um beyonce's attorneys well my vote for catapult is it's fun yeah and it seems like a lot of fun to use and i love it I agree. I think Catapult is fun, and it's level one. I think it's a great level one spell that you can use. Um, with that, I guess uh, you should contact us. You should send us your questions. Send you can us send your us love. your questions send and your, your love, love and, and your, your feedback hate. and your hate. And uh, your five stars. And on your five stars on whatever what podcast network. What is that, Apple? Whatever. Whichever ones. Watermelon. Watermelon. Whichever fruit you, you like to listen to your podcasts on. Fruit of the loom. Um... <laughs> <laughs> So send us, give us five stars on your underwear app. <laughs> um, and you can find us at nextsessionpodcast.com for our website where you can submit a question. And we're on Twitter and Facebook at The Next Session. You can also find us on Instagram at Next Session Podcast. And I'm sorry, all of that is confusing. It's because I said it all up wrong. Well, oh well. Sorry. Uh, so I'm Adam Johns. And I'm Alyssa Johns. Tune in next time and we'll help you prep for your next session. <laughs>